Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga try peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial new members only not available in remote locations see additional terms at onepelotoncom home dash trial peloton motivation that moves you Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the TMASTL podcast network. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and I'm sitting across from Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss. Jackson, tell me what the word is. What is the good word? Good word is we just uh, we just conducted a fantastic interview. I think so. I think it was really, really, really good, and I think people are really going to enjoy it. It uh, is with Learn, but Great not just Learn. learn. Oh, yeah. There's a special guest. A special guest is Iggy. Stuck around for the interview. And then, per Learn's request, stuck around for the entirety of the interview. Yep. And then at the end of the interview, Learn said, my God, Barbara Walters. I just poured (laughs) out my whole emotional career thoughts. It wasn't intended to be that way, but it just wound up being that way. Right. And when you're comfortable and, you know... You, Learn, Iggy, great chemistry. I think uh, stuff like that just kind of flies out, and it ends up being a really earnest and uh, honest conversation. Well, I enjoyed it. I am a a big fan, and I know a lot of the people who listen to TMA uh, heard her on when she was with us a few weeks ago and uh, loved when she was on the show. So uh, now that we are back to doing guest interviews on the podcast, uh, we've had Joe Buck and Jack Danforth. Uh, now we are pleased to bring Learn into the mix. So you have about, oh, I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes, I think, is probably the math yep. of uh, yep. Learn, Iggy, and myself just uh, talking it over about a wide variety of things. Uh, so we are very grateful to our sponsors who make it possible, and all of those of you who listen, thank you for uh, subscribing to the podcast. And if you don't, please do. We have QFTA, which is questions from the audience, once a week, and then we have guests uh, once a week, Joe Buck, Jack Danforth, and Learn. That's a very diversified first three in our return to guests. Yeah, definitely, but a rock-solid three, if you ask me. That's a nice start. Yeah, I it's like nice the diversity start. of it, though. Um, you are welcome to give your thoughts anytime, your suggestions, questions, anything, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And if you're interested in sound story, man, oh, man, here we go. Once we get into Mother's Day... And we get into Father's Day season. It is the perfect time to either go to mysoundstory.com and get a gift certificate as a gift or 
as a way to surprise your mother or father or both for Mother's Day, for Father's Day. What you can do is come into the studio here where Jackson and I are sitting, where me, Doug, Jackson, Iggy, and the Plowhawk do TMA every day. And you come in and you record a sound story. And what you can do, and this is what me and my brothers and sister did for my parents for Christmas uh, in 2020, is come in and uh, talk about our experiences growing up and how much their lessons and all that they sacrificed for us meant to us. Because, you know, I don't know, maybe it comes off as morbid. I think everybody would agree. And a lot of you are already, you know, have experienced this. So often, the wonderful things that you want to tell your parents, you say when they're, you're eulogizing them. And that's an incredibly sad reality. And that is why I said to my brothers and sister, I said, let's make sure we do this so they can hear it now. And we did that, and we're so glad that we did. So yes, you can get a gift certificate to have your mother or father come in and tell their story. Uh, you can do that in advance of Mother's Day, in advance of Father's Day. But another way to view Sound Story online at mysoundstory.com is by having you, you and your siblings, just you yourself, whomever, come in and tell stories of your childhood that you know would mean the world to your mom, you know would mean the world to your dad. Um, that's, that's what it's all about. And having done it and, and having given that gift, I know how much it meant to my parents to be able to hear me and my brothers and sister talk about uh, how much we appreciate, how grateful we are for everything they sacrificed for us. So it's online at mysoundstory.com. And any questions you may have, uh, you can email me at tmckernan at tmastl.com. Come in and we record these things right after Jackson and I get done with uh, Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. And you are in the Hubbard Studios, and we are located in Creve Corps. And if you would like, we can do it over Zoom as well. These studios are the homeloanexpert.com studios and if you are looking to buy a home, and I'll be honest with you, first thing, first email I saw this morning at 5 in the morning was from my real estate agent. Another home hit the market. There aren't a lot out there. It's going to be a competitive home buying market. So you got to separate yourself from everybody else. How do you do that? How do you do it? You get pre-approved with the homeloanexpert.com and I did that last year and I can tell you now that I've done it how easy it is and how grateful I am for the process at Ryan Kelly's office because it puts you in a different position when it comes to buying a home. HomeLoanExpert.com, that's Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And once you get pre-approved and if you get yourself in that uh, home, you can go ahead and get insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent. It is very easy for me to speak about James Carlton because I work with him, and I chose to make the switch to his agency in Webster Groves because I was so impressed with him uh, for home, for life, for auto, for making sure that when you call an office, you're talking to a live person right in the St. Louis area. It's James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314 961 4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net if your insurance costs a leg and an arm. Call James Carlton State Farm. All right, Jackson, let's dig into it. Let's dig into it on the Tim McKernan Show today from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It is our pleasure to present special guest Kenneth Iggy Strode along with Learn of KC95. Uh, Learn, welcome in. This is wonderful. It's a very special edition of the podcast because not only are you here with a cardboard cutout of yourself right behind <laughs> you, but Iggy is over to your right. I mean, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Wow. Yes. 
Mid March <laughs> is always the time that people consider to be yeah. the most wonderful time of the year. It is. Iggy, uh, you weren't able to stick around one time when Learn came in. First time we met. Yes. At KFNS in Kirkwood. And I wanted to have you hop in real quickly, but you had a, uh, an important lunch with your grade school. Well, friends. I mean, people think I'm kidding. I had Mickey, Mickey Regan and Jimmy Moran, a, uh, grade school buddies down on Flat Avenue, the Flat Avenue boys. You know them, Lord. The, and, you know them. And down in the city, Southside Dirty. And, uh, <laughs> Southside Dirty. We're trying to appeal to a younger demographic. Oh, you're podcast. appealing. It is so hot. But uh, I did have a lunch set up with them. So I, I had to, I was doing editing. I had a rush out of there. You thought I was just going back and forth because I was nervous. You didn't nervous. even say anything to me. You go, you, I get smelly, gross smoke paper, as the story goes, and then I kind of saw, like, what can only be described as, like, a vision of you. Like, you just were gone. I waved at one time, but you had your back to me, so I just said, well, I'm not going to barge in. The red light was on. I had never been to that place. I didn't even know any of you. And so I did like, but you were a fan of mine from afar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you how much I was listening to your show and wanting to. A lot of women, a lot of young women listen to AM radio. Yeah. I mean, you guys did it for, like, I'm amazed that I never listened. It would be weird if you did listen. But yet you guys have, like, this is something that I feel like gets said. Like, you guys have such a huge following. And you were th- at that other station for so long, and people were like, you know, it was AM. Was yeah, like, and it thing. was forever. <laughs> like, and so you know, it's. I just did, my mom actually used to work for that radio station. Is that right? Yes, when? a long time ago. Wow, um, I, I did not know this. This is intriguing. What do we have here? Well, she was in sales. It was brief. My mom's always been in sales, and she did radio sales for like a brief moment. She hated it, and she got out. This could be awkward because my dad was the general sales manager for a period no. of time. No. 98 through 2004, and then they spun that motherfucker off for a shitload of money, mm. and it's never been the same. So. No, it has not. With all due respect. Was that when she was there? No, I can't remember. I Honestly, I think I was. I had to be in high school, so this was like late 90s, early 2000s. God, did she work for my dad? Possibly. I would have been there, but I was with Tim at 1380. I don't remember that. Your husband Tim was at yeah, 1380. Yeah, I might have when this mixed up. No, to... He told me when we met. He says I right worked now. with Jackson you at 1380, and I said I don't remember yeah. that. Huh? This in the golf tournament. This, yeah, we have so much stuff for Jackson to do. <laughs> Trust We're fund gonna... Jackson is Courtney Landrum just called him. I called him that. Trust oh, fund Jackson because okay. <laughs> he said he was from Ladue. Yeah, and which... he started looking down on us. <laughs> yeah, he was a South City guy. Iggy is a. Is I thought you were from Lydian, like Lewis and Clark Avenue Boys Community and, and, College or something. Are you born and raised in Carbondale? No, no, no. So I was born in Carbondale. I was raised in West Frankfort until I was 13, and then, which is 30 miles north of Carbondale. And then in um, like 1998, I moved to St. Louis, like actually St. Louis, like 11th Street, lived downtown from the oh, dome. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Really? And my mom remarried to my stepdad, um, and then we were building a house in Columbia, Illinois. And so I would have to, so I was living in downtown St. Louis while our house in Columbia was getting built for, you know, it takes so many months for that to happen. And so I was literally getting up in St. Louis and dr- getting driven to school in Columbia oh every God. morning and night. Like, oh, was that like 40 minutes? Yeah, I mean, you know, rush hour traffic and whatnot. So that that did suck. Um, And then we lived in Dogtown for like a little bit because we. I like that Dogtown. I loved it. Yeah, I'm a big Dogtown fan. Yeah, we lived in a this lady who died, uh, 
this is like a family friend. So again, like we sold our condo, our townhouse on 11th Street. My stepdad had that. He owned that and lived there as a single guy. We moved in briefly, then sold that, moved to Dogtown into one of his buddy's mom's house who was on hospice and eventually died. All of her furniture was still in this house in Dogtown, and we were just living. We were like squatters. You know, and she didn't have a dryer. And so, and I was really starting to get in. hanging your clothes on a clothesline? No. Well, yeah, whatever. The weather was nice. But whenever it was like wintertime, we were hanging it in the basement. basement. I was listening to Notorious B.I.G., Life After Death, hanging my clothes up. I I mean. You could relate to the lyrics he was spitting. Kind of. I was, like, it was a very, um, I was, like, starting to build my repertoire of, like, Music I loved, and I loved hip hop at that time a lot, and I still do. And um, yeah, I it was uh, it was only fitting that I was listening to so much hip hop, living in St. Louis, then Dogtown, and then moving to the Burbs in Columbia, and like getting into my like emo punk phase of life. Then um, it was weird. It was a crazy time of like that. That to me is like whenever my music. Um, interest started to really build is when I my mom got remarried and we moved and I felt so cool because I was coming from this itty bitty like podunk town to St. Louis which I know it's not the biggest city out there but it was like big enough for my heart to just explode and I was like my life has changed forever good and bad obviously going through adolescence and stuff but um yeah I'll never forget like I can still see everything in my mind clearly of that time in my life and it was awesome Plus America. I yeah. didn't know that little story. The Thank anecdote you. of you as a South Sider. Yeah. How about that? Then everywhere, bitches. Then to Columbia, Illinois. Yeah. And then and then we will give out your address at the end of the podcast. Absolutely. Increase time spent listening. I'm getting ready to sell my house, so maybe Are maybe it really? wouldn't be a bad thing if I could tell her, but no, I'm not gonna get the address out. But yeah. So you have a new home picked out? Jackson, what the fuck? <laughs> Trust fund. Jackson. This happened. We're fresh. We're fresh off. He dropped something in the middle of the show on one. He's like ESPN. Doug yesterday. Whenever I was trying to interview the executive director for Got Your Six Support Dogs, and Doug is in there. Walks with in his... with a box carrying his desktop computer. He's which trying to amuses the hell out of Jackson, who you can't see now because he's under the under the council retrieving wow. whatever it is that he's intentionally. I feel bad because you were in there, and I saw Doug sitting there. I saw you behind the thing. I thought you were maybe doing some voice tracking, and I was here for why? Why the fuck was I here? Why oh, we had you? sales meetings. <laughs> and um, so I just want to say hi, and I opened the door. Hey, sister. And it, oh, sh- the red light the wasn't red on. The red light was, yeah. No, it wasn't on. Oh, it wasn't It wasn't on. working. Why so wouldn't I it have been on? I didn't know you were on the air. So I said, hi, if I didn't know you were on the air, I wasn't yeah. going to barge in. Well, so. I couldn't hear you, but I could definitely hear Doug dropping all of his things. <laughs> and then at some point, he got under the desk and was, like, finagling with something. And then I then the call went dead. And I'm like, Nicole, Nicole. And then it came back. And I'm looking at Doug, and I'm, like, like mouthing <laughs> to him because the live interview, I'm like, <laughs> are you unplugging under there? Yeah, he comes like, in every I'm morning. Sorry. Do a lot this. of people carry desktop computers around here at Hubbard? Or are we the first? No, in they their, don't. In a box. Get that guy an Apple <laughs> Mac, like an AirPad. What is it? <laughs> I have a MacBook Pro. There you I, go. Yeah, you, know, you have one. I, Doug should I, have Doug one. Doug is carrying this desktop around. And it's an Apple computer. <laughs> it's a nice computer. But he's gonna it's gonna go to shit if he doesn't stop <laughs> in putting Jackson, it in a box. You can't I don't know if Jackson's on the YouTube or not. 
but Jackson deals with it. I, and I'm not sure what's going on. It truly is one of my favorite things when I see Doug walk in with the desktop computer. <laughs> he carries and it around mouse every day. And the keyboard, like it's like his backpack. Right. Oh, my God. It's really He's doing editing for this thing he's doing for the station, like Meet the Beautiful People. And he's editing, and he can only edit on this. I walked in the other day behind him, and he's standing there with one of the workers, and he spilled his Arnold Palmer because he's trying to carry this big box, and he's got Arnold Palmer under his arm, and it all fell. He's out of this box, and I got this fell what Arnold mess. Palmer. It's a huge box. He's got his his home computer in there. Could you imagine if it was like a late '90s edition of a desktop oh, Mac, God. like where it's yeah, 150 along pounds? The hard drive that monster yeah, tower. Right. I remember that from my gateway computer in Little Rock. That's what I had. Yeah, not I, to brag. I hope that didn't come off as a brag. No. I now it makes me wonder. Like, what's your uh, timeline of where you've lived? Like, where were you born? South City, dirty. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're appealing to the kids again. Hell yeah. And then what? Wait, what hospital? Uh, Mercy. I'm rarely asked that question, but that's the answer. Nice. What hospital for you? Probably. I don't even know. You don't know? Mm-mm, I don't remember. Yeah, Mercy. South Probably Side. a Mercy. I mean, they're all Mercy. Aren't they but weren't all Mercy? You bor- weren't you born in? Carbondale. So then why would you have been at Mercy in St. Louis? No, I wasn't. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying That it was a Mercy Mercy's hospital. In... But now it's Mercy. Right. I follow you. I'm with you. So then what? Where did you grow up? South City Dirty. As a kid, like what part of South City? Uh, the mean street? streets of St. Louis Hills, Tam Avenue. Cute. Now, why is that cute? It's just a cute area. Ted have Drews. Have you done time there? Ted Drews, that's right. Yeah, I actually that's have done time there because I lived on Arsenal. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, Arsenal and... Where on Arsenal? Would, uh, where are not Arsenal on Arsenal. Arsenal. Then, not, you, then you get toward the hill. I'm not towards the hill. south, southeast. By Chris's Pancake House. I used to yeah, live on Arsenal yeah. right there. You live there? Yeah, I li- well, I that was my first apartment I had was on Arsenal. Were you living there as a married woman? Mm-mm. You were no. a single lady. I was attached. I was living with the guy I was dating, which was a mistake, and I don't suggest. I think it's right to live with people. No, it is, married. but not like if you're in a toxic relationship, don't live with somebody. What was so toxic about it? Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's re-examine. <sighs> we were great here. friends, and then, um, and it was just like that. You know how like sometimes you'll be friends with somebody. Like there's this is kind of how it all goes. You'll be friends with somebody, and you kind of are attracted to them, not all the time, but like. You have an attraction. Like, this was an undercurrent of attraction that started in college, and we kept it going. Like, both of us had, you know, different people we were dating. And then, like, we had this huge friend group, and it was always, like, you know, learn, and this guy would... You guys would... You have to get together because you just love each other so much. Rachel and Ross. Essentially, yeah. And it, we shouldn't have. We should not have scratched the itch. Although, I guess in But it must have gone all right if you started living together. Yeah, at first it was great, but it was fast. It was like I got out of college, I moved back from Illinois State to my mom's house. I got my, I, th- I was working three jobs. I was a barista at this coffee shop in Columbia. I had gotten my internship at Casey, and then I was hired on to be the promotions director for the old Rock House. This is many managements ago. Oh, those Lonely Boys last uh, concert appearance. Last time they were, I packed it with fifty people. Look at you. Well, That's this a... is not the same era of that. <laughs> um, and so anyway. I wanted to not be living at home, and so he and I, we found a little apartment. It was such a cute shotgun Did you move apartment. in together because you wanted to move in together, or was it out of convenience? We wanted- Were you thinking you might like, get married? It was like the honeymoon period of, we just started dating, we've been friends for so long, we thought like we were going to get married, all this dumb shit, and then- uh, How old were you, man? May I oh ask my such God. a, such Let's a see. provocative is... question here? Hang on. I would have to do some math. Hang I'm going to say you were 23. I don't Anybody know. else want to take a bat? Jackson, Jackson is 23. I'm going to say 20. 
You make mistakes in love at 23, Jackson. That's... I'll say 24 just for this. Yeah, now, you, now you've now you boxed me in. I was 23. Yes! God, is he anything he doesn't know? 23 years old. <laughs> wow. Where's Doug's Kong? <laughs> it's right next to you. Iggy didn't bother to turn off the <laughs> That's all right. That was, that was the right. That was like ding, ding, ding. That was what his phone was doing. It's everything timed out perfectly. And so you broke up. Who gets the house? So we lived together until like 2010. So two years we lived together. Because at first it was great. Were you broken up and living together? That's awkward. No, that That was... happened with Vince Vaughn and Rachel. It Jennifer did. Aniston and the breakup. I just watched that not too long ago. Good or bad, Jackson? Jackson has a website called goodorbad.com. Some people think it's a takeoff on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not. I haven't seen the picture. Was that Really? Me? I've never seen the movie. Oh, I haven't seen the picture. Yeah, motion picture. You call it picture? Yeah, yeah again, we're trying to appeal to the younger kids listening to podcasts. I'm a cinema purist. Oh my God, that Go makes on. all the. I'm learning so much about you today. I don't even know who yeah, you are anymore. Trust fund baby. <laughs> trust fund baby. Trust, trust fund, fund baby. My baby Jackson. You know you're. What a wonderful voice you have, by the way. Oh, you're sweet. Thanks. I'm being serious though. Mm-hmm. Did you know you had a good singing voice? No. Did you know that? No. You really do. Really. Like when you were in here, whenever that was, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you and Iggy did the the duet. Yeah, Tom Petty. Tom Petty, Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. And you started going. Yeah. I'm like, you should come see our band. I saw a video. You did Stairway. Mm -hmm. Ballsy. It's funny because you don't know what song is going to get people going. And I'm not a musician by any means, but I am a performer. Like, that's what we do every day on the Super Radio. And uh, I had no idea. Every show we've played, we've only played like a handful. So I'm not going to like act like I've played more. But it's always a different song that the crowd gets into. And for some reason, that last show we had at Copper Fire, Stairway to Heaven was the one that, I mean, there were this couple dancing. This guy was singing the whole time. Everybody was standing up, like, involved. And, like, the owner had just been filming. Like, I didn't know she was filming from yeah. the back. Um, and that's a song that I get really into. And I, it's funny because it's such a well-known Led Zeppelin song that I think people would call maybe, like, overplayed. Yeah. And it is maybe and the butchered. most well-known. Like, Robert Plant. There is a... Uh, John Hewlett and Favaz asked, uh, I think it was Nancy Wilson on KC. Ann Wilson. Was it Ann Wilson? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're familiar with this interview? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. About the performance that they did at, at the, the Kennedy, Kennedy Center Honors mm-hmm. where it got Robert Plant emotional for a song that he's not a big fan of. Right. And it resonated so well. And I saw the performance on YouTube and I'm like, I want to find out more about it. And it actually took me back to that interview with Ann Wilson. Mm. And they had only done like one rehearsal of it and they killed it at least i thought they killed it i don't know the heart sisters are huge zeppelin fans and like i want to say that the Anne especially has always said that that band was the reason they are musicians like jimmy Mm. page and robert plant for those two women you know Anne sings nancy plays guitar you know they've always been enamored with led zeppelin and 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 led zeppelin's deep rooted American blues influence and it's really cool to have that moment like I I specifically remember that Kennedy Center Honors it was 2012 because I was living in Maplewood and I was getting ready to go somewhere and with Tim and I was getting ready and I was walking through my living room and we had it on oh so you saw this live I did see it live oh man I wonder what that was like live oh here's what it was like I was getting ready like running around my house I stopped I got teary-eyed and I had goosebumps all over my body. And I was like, what the hell did I just see? Like, it still gives me goosebumps to even think about it. And 
I I bought the song on iTunes like that next day or something, you know, and I'm glad they put it on there because it is one of the best covers of that song that's ever been done. But of course, I mean, you got Jason Bonham on drums for that performance, which is John Bonham's son. And um, that chorus that was there. I mean, I'm not like a big philanthropic, you know, what is it? The Philharmonic Orchestra. I'm not a big like one of those types of people. I'll not go to an orchestra to see that sort of stuff. But that whole blending of that iconic song with those women playing Jason Bonham on drums, you know, Robert Plant and John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page, like watching it all with President Obama, like everybody. There was like, I don't know who, there was an Asian man in the crowd and he was so into it. And I just, I remember everybody's face specifically. And that was a freaking performance on TV. Right. It was a CBS broadcast of the Kennedy Center Honors and it just came together and I saw it like, my God, but to watch that live and not know it's coming. Right. Do you know what performance we're talking about here? Yeah. Okay. I saw the interview. And the one thing I. Oh, you you saw, oh, really? You saw the interview with. Well, with uh, Favaz and yeah. Human. Uh, the one thing I'm jealous of you, I had a chance to go see Robert Plant at the pageant after I think it was Lou Fest was yeah. canceled. Oh, yeah, was, you talked about it as like one of your favorite shows. I right? was given the chance to go, and I said, ah, I don't really feel like going. Oh, my God, and Iggy. I found out how good he was. So, what happened? Because you went. What was the deal? So, this is, if you remember Lou Fest, the last Lou Fest. Remember how they had all yeah. this financial stuff go down where um, they had it booked, promoted, everybody was getting ready to like have a Lou Fest on a weekend. And then I don't know the ins and outs, so I may butcher this. I don't want to get sued. But um, <laughs> essentially, pe- the bands and the promote, the bands and the vendors and things were not, there was a financial, something was not right. Like they weren't getting paid and there was red flags being flown everywhere. Anyway, Robert Plant was already in town. And I remember being on the air with Carl. I think John was off that week. And um, we started getting word that like Lufest is canceling and all their scr- bands are scrambling to find venues to play because they're already here and I remember uh Jesse Rea over at the pageant who is the guy who is um always in touch with radio stations about anything going on he um messaged Carl or me I can't remember who and said this is completely on the DL but Robert Plant's coming to the pageant and I and I was like when can we announce because and he's like we're going to do a turnaround of tickets we're going to open the box office Tickets are going to be gone in two seconds yeah. because to see Robert Plant in that yes. size of a venue is unheard of these days. And so anyway, um, I'm like, just give me give me what I can say, you know. And anyway, I kind of alluded to the fact that Robert Plant was going to be at the pageant. Anyway, I got in a lot of trouble because my alluding to it pissed off some people and whatever. Who did, but it, who did it piss off? I think it pissed off Jesse mainly. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I was like, this is huge and it's not like bad news. You know, like we should be, and I want our listeners to fill that place. I wanted Casey listeners to be the first ones to get tickets, you know, so I can see where he was mad at me. But um, but then uh, luckily, knowing the people we know in this business, I was like, can I, I got to be there. Like we already had Loot Fest tickets. Tim and I were going to go see um, Robert Plant that I think he was playing that Saturday or I don't remember what day. And um, anyway, we were lucky enough to get in the in a box and uh, with freaking Ed Kowalczyk of of live. live yeah. Wow. He was in town because he was playing out at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater with a kind of like 90s tour. I don't remember who else was on that, but like the Gin Blossoms maybe or something. And so anyway, we're sitting up there in the in the booth and uh, watching this show, and it was so fucking good and. Um, like you turn to your right, like Ed Kowalczyk is there, and I'm like, "What is this world that I'm living in?" And so, it was, and all my favorite people were in the box with us, and um, it was a really cool show. And 
like Robert Plant. I've seen him only one other time than that, and it was at the Fox many years ago. And I mean, it just breaks. He he has one of those presences that like just breaks your heart because you're yeah. seeing such an icon. Um, and you'll only see him maybe once in your life if you're around these Maybe partied with him in Shaker Heights. Shut the hell up. I, I ran into him while he's buying cigarettes in the gift shop. What, well, you, I, just, I just said hi. You did? I was drunk. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> you have had such a life. I'm so... Thank you for acknowledging that. Look at you. The thing is, too, is I was in there. I was, I was getting the cigarettes, too, and I said, Robert, how you doing, buddy? Mm. He just goes, yeah. What, what, did you guys smoke the same cigs? He smoked Marlboro. I smoked Salem's. Why do you smoke Salem's? What's the He's best? Sponsored. What's with? I remember. Remember True cigarettes? Are they still around? I don't think so. My grandma I used to smoke. I do remember those. I just remember like I, my grandma smoked them, and their filter was really weird. It was like I think my mom smoked those. This is totally an '80s child too, by the way. Like playing with grandma's cigarettes sure, as a child. Why not? No big there's deal. Like a hole in it. Like a hole. In yeah, the there's filter. like a hole in it. Yeah. Did you ever smoke? No, I, I tried smoking. I grew up in a really smoky household, so I never really loved that smell. Yeah. And I get really annoyed these days by that smell. Um, but you don't smell like it. You've, you're fine. Such a subtle glance. You're fine. Iggy's leaving. No, don't Iggy's leave. Iggy's leaving. What? Iggy's leaving. I'm kidding. Iggy's leaving. I'm kidding. No, so I, I tried I like smoking. I don't either. I don't blame you. I did smoke clove cigarettes in college because I thought it was so cool. I remember clove. They smell wow. better than nicotine. Yeah. Something like American Spirit. Yeah. I remember cloves. I only would smoke when I drank, and I'm so lucky I didn't get addicted. Yeah, but yes. I look back on it, mm-hmm. and of course this isn't a shot. I would imagine you would probably Here agree we... with it. I just feel like such a fucking idiot. I can't believe I did it. Yeah, you I, know? I there is something you feel invincible though. I yeah, I started like I was 18, and and I did it through 2008 too. So it wasn't like it, you know, it was just like a couple years. You're very lucky you stopped because it w- it really does mess with your vocals big time yeah. if you're a long term smoker and. Um, but I never like smoked when I wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. So it was a. Were you drinking sp- often? I drank a lot in the late '90s and early 2000s. Why? That was just the time to do it. Yeah. It was like the age was in you were. My late teens and early 20s. Yeah. When did you have your people. first like drunk experience? How old were you? It's a great question, Lauren. It's a great. I'm question. I'm gonna take over this interview. Yeah. I, I, all of a sudden, the tables <laughs> have turned, and it's uh, it's true, and kind of embarrassing. But I didn't drink, and so I really didn't know what was going on. And then I think it was like the night, it was the night before Christmas Eve, I'm just like, I got to figure out what this is all about. <laughs> and I think I was like a sophomore in high school, and I got destroyed by myself in the basement <laughs> on Tam Avenue, and so <laughs> fucked up and hung over that I had to miss Christmas Eve, oh because I was so fucked up. Merry Christmas. Oh my God, I look back on it, and <clears> I'm like, the first time I got drunk wasn't like with one of the friends, was by myself in the basement. Like I'm some character in a Paul Newman movie. Do you Did remember what you were know? drinking? Whiskey. I mean, we went right to it. Did your parents know? <laughs> since you drank, since you drank by yourself, did you get drunk and then pass out and then wake up sober so your parents didn't know? Uh, I'm sure they couldn't have possibly thought. You know, like my dad now says, "Oh, when you kids went down in the basement, I knew the shit you were doing." You know, regarding when we had girls over. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but he, they couldn't have possibly thought. Oh, it's the night before Christmas. Timmy's down in the basement getting shit-faced on whiskey at 15. They couldn't have thought that, and that's what was going on. What about yourself? Did you drink by yourself in the basement in Illinois? No, I was I was visiting my dad in West Frankfort, Illinois, and we had uh, my girlfriends and I, we had all these older friends, dudes, and obviously, and somebody could, and I was probably like 13 or 14. Yeah, that's a little weird. Isn't it? And it, Yeah, and so I got a... Um, 
I'm really bad at the sizes of alcohol, but it was like Jackson this. Will handle it. He what size is this? Like a fifth? Guy. A fifth. Okay. So I had a fifth of Southern Comfort. Oh, so classy. I chugged <laughs> the whole thing. Oh! And then I projectile vomited oh. all over my bedspread. So I was at my dad's house. He's asleep. He has no idea what's going on. So like, you're drinking by yourself? I'm not drinking by myself. My two girlfriends were with me too. They could have they could have walked to their house though. Like uh-huh. I, I just specifically remember throwing up all over my bedspread nice. and then drunkenly 13-year-old Learn walking her bedspread down to the basement to put it in the washer. Oh, I didn't know how to do laundry. So I'm just like putting like powdered Tide in there <laughs> And my dad, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just washing my bedspread. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, and that he never knew. And um, because my dad was kind of aloof. I was his only kid. So like he and I was a daughter. So he was like completely shit out of luck. Like he had no idea how to handle me. Um, But yeah, that's the first time I ever got drunk. Um, I thought you have a sister. I do have a sister. Yeah. Second, my she's my half sister, technically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Young, young, young lass, correct? Yeah, twenty. She's twenty three right now. She's in law school. Oh, look at her. Yeah, she's going up to UC, and she uh, is like loving her life right now. She's living her best life. So God bless cool her. To, Good for her. The witness. Think when you get shit faced, was it with Mickey Regan and? <laughs> yeah, was it the other day? No, it was. Um, God, probably sophomore, junior. Went to a party. I guess it was like a New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of a klepto back in my early days. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I would just steal shit for no reason at all. Like, what'd you steal? <laughs> I just, baseball cards, stuff like that. People's family people's photos? Baseball cards and family oh, that, photos. No, in the supermarket. Just shove some in my pocket. That's cool, Just man. for the hell of it. Just for the rush. Well, there was there was no security back then. Um, and we were at, uh, I think, Famous Bar. And they would put, like, displays, like, in front of the elevators. Uh-huh. And I guess for... New Year's coming up. There's like a big barrel of bourbon. As we're going down the elevator, I said, I got the party tonight. Grabbed a bottle and just oh my God. left with it. And I'd never really drunk before. And I just went crazy. I'm drinking bourbon after bourbon after bourbon to the mm. point where the girls who had that house, uh, the party, her parents had to drive me home. And they just kind of, I couldn't even get out of the car. They just kind of threw me in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even bring me to the door. They just kind of threw me in the grass. And I'm like laying there. So I'm like, Staggering up the house, and my mom goes, "What?" I said, "I got the flu." She goes, "Flew my ass." Yeah, she knew it was up. Mama Strode knew. Fifteen or sixteen and years I threw old. up, and you know what? To this day, that is the last time I've ever thrown thrown up. What from booze or just I, in general? In general, ever. Are you one of these people that you don't? You, I can't throw up. But you, um, do you? This is a weird question, but like, I like to throw up if I'm not feeling well. Like if I'm if I'm hungover, you will feel better because you'll afterwards. feel better. Yeah. So I'm one of these people. Like if I have to throw up, I will. Are you one of these people? Like if you feel nauseous, I you're can't. like I don't want to throw yes, up. Yes, that's me. No, I that tried. And I can't. Me. You I just tried can't? can't. Yeah, I've I've been sick once. Knock on wood, like once in the last ten years. Oh my god! Yeah, and nice it was on. it was like two thousand right before my niece's wedding in 2019. I had a really bad stomach bug. And um, I would go to the bathroom because I felt like I had to throw up, and mm-hmm. I couldn't. I just didn't. I said, oh, I wish I could. I could make myself throw up right now. All right. Yep. Jackson, would you like to have Learn throw up here on the <laughs> sitting right across? Make you? for a good video. Yeah, yes. sometimes you just got to let the devil out That's and pull hot. trig. For real, man. Let the Exorcism. Devil out. Like I didn't really say I was going to wait until we started to tell you, your boots are so cool. No. Thank you. Oh, these are my Dwayne Johnsons. Oh, I love here. those. where's the TV? What is it? Oh, oh, Jay Randolph Jr. is. Yeah. Really gonna... Oh, because of the chain on it? Yeah, them? the chain, and like it's like a um, kind of like a uh, a turtleneck. Yeah. So you dress like well. The... You dress like a Do really I? cool Rocky Oh, chip. my God. Bless America. 
Wow. No, I, you know what? Thank you. I, I do try to dress well. I've, I've been like a tomboy my whole life and it hasn't been until my like 25 plus years that I've like really narrowed in on like my femininity and like my, what my chick looks like, you know? Yeah. Cause normally I was like, let's just look like all the, like I really would just adore like dude fashion. Like, and do I still you do dress kind of. like a guy. Like I used to wear like, okay. So Chino Marino from the Deftones. Chino Marino from the Jeff Deftones, Jackson. Noted. Okay, so he's my he's oh. my guy. He's my favorite. And he had such a cool style, like in the nineties and early two thousands, like he would wear these like hip hugging, um, like old man pants, like dress pants, like slacks. Oh wow. And have like a chain and they'd be kind of like sagging, but not like with boxers. You're telling me what's going on here. Anyway, um and he would have like a little shirt on and so and like Brandon Boyd from Incubus kinda of dressed similarly, like anyway, I loved it. And I, so whenever I was thrifting as a high schooler and stuff, I would buy old man pants and I would have like a studded belt and a chain and I was like a skater chick. So. Did you say Frank Marino? Chino Marino. Oh. Frank Marino. I was like Mahogany Rush. Yeah, I was going to say. Old man pants are kind of making a comeback. It's kind of. Are they? Like with the low crotch? Yeah. (laughs) Just like baggier pants in general. Yeah. cut. Will you be wearing anything like that or what's your style? No, no. Jackson's the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis. Everything's tapered. Are you dating anyone? No. Do you want to be dating someone? He went to go see uh, the Batman with four of his buddies on uh, Monday night, and then they went and got White Castle. Things are going well. Jackson's twenty three. How old's your sister? Twenty three. She's oh. dating someone though. Looks like that was that was immediately cut off. Yeah, we're not. No, God, for, I'm not letting her date any, anybody here on the I podcast. know. Wouldn't that be nice? Jesus Christ! I my yeah, buddy you got any growing 60 up, year old friends. My, my buddy growing up always would come over to our house and go, "I'm going to marry your sister." I'm like, "Yeah, right." Like, I'm going to kill all of you guys. So, um, yeah, I I don't ever want her to date anyone I have ever known before. Are you aware of this? No. Our audience loves you. And I'm talking about the TMA audience. I don't know why. But they really, like, I knew, and Iggy knew, and I don't know if Jackson knew just because he hadn't been around you, I guess, outside of just meeting you when Mm -hmm. we got here. So then it was kind of surprising to me, Iggy, like how, I guess for lack of a better term, surprised the audience was for how good Learn is. But I guess if they hadn't heard her on the show, then it was surprising, but yeah. it didn't surprise me. She hmm. fit w- right in with right. our show. So I was like, and oh, that's I wonder what... how this will go. I'm like, I know it's going to go great. Yeah. The, but then the... the thing that I've noticed around the building mm-hmm. is so many people were so happy for you <laughs> that you were like welcomed into this batshit little world and accepted. Yeah. And you performed well even though you're doing afternoons on KC, which is like the biggest radio station going. Yeah, I don't think people, I, you know, it's funny like, on my show, it's just me, and so it's me. It's the listener and me, and so I'm, I'm not playing off of anyone else. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think. And let me just back up. Like the reason maybe the TMA audience never really got to know me before I came to your podcast and the little guest visits and stuff lately, is because like whenever I was on the air with John, we were a morning show as well, and so people, your audience was listening to you guys. They weren't listening yeah. to John and I, and it's like I think our audience at Casey. They really started to like me and understand me better <clears throat> whenever John um, and I had our show. And people loved me. And I'm not being like ego here. People loved me. And I got so many compliments on one specific thing whenever John and I had the show. And it was they loved that I gave John shit mm. because I think I'm a good shit giver. And I think you that's are. why your audience likes me, too, because like that's what the show I is. don't put up with anybody's shit. 
<laughs> but I'm also not like an asshole. That's, or if I am, it's covered. Listen, that's kind of, <laughs> I see what you're saying there. That's kind of the TMA, if somebody were asked what like the recipe is, that's kind of, it's like a roast every day for yeah. three hours. And if you, if you just want to observe and not get in the roast, then don't text in, call in, email in. But if you do, then just understand you are now exposed to the reindeer games. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in the studio with us or you're texting in, you're going to catch hell. But people like when people give it as well. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a party that doesn't want to have, you know, some shots taken, then that kind of ruins the whole vibe. Right. But you're cool with people giving you shit. Absolutely. And you're cool giving it out. Yeah. So I guess the deal was people hadn't normally given John shit because he's like. No, they never did. Like, you know, and I can't speak on like all of his previous co-hosts, but like it was definitely not a young woman 26 yeah. years younger than him giving him shit. And so it's like, I think me kind of coming up and I obviously love John to death and like I do hold him into like this, you know, this ether that nobody else ever will rise to for me. And he deserves it. And he deserves it. And I think he's like a, you know, he's a, um, he's part of St. Louis's history, whether he believes that or not, for so many different reasons. But yeah, I think I wasn't, um, I went into that show and actually I went into a lot of the Casey Jocks, when I met them for the first time, I just, I had such respect. And then slowly as I got to know them as people, I was like, oh, they're just like fun and have human qualities too that I like in my friends. And and so it turned into like, oh, I'm not going to shy away from like giving Favaz crap or mm. John or, um, you know, anybody that we work with. Close, like Mark Close is another person that I just riff with, mm-hmm. like flawless. And, and we just love each other, you know, like. So I don't know, but I also, even I've talked about that before off microphone, how you can't force chemistry and you can't um, fake it. So it's like, if you, you can just tell in St. Louis or any radio station you listen to or any podcast or whatever, there's, if there's not chemistry there, the show's going to blow. It's going to burn out. It's going to fade. But I mean, like if you look at Howard Stern and Robin Quivers and Fred Norris, they have a dynamic where... Each one of them are equal. Everybody thinks Howard's up here, but all three of them rose together. And it's like that dynamic that they share with each other and their audience and the whack pack and whatnot. It works because of that blended chemistry. And it's really kind of set the bar for, I think, rock radio or edgier radio station shows. Um, And so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I have good chemistry with so many people in the St. Louis area and in this building. Well, I'm glad that, that our audience now is aware of, I guess, what I kind of feel like Iggy, you was, you've been a fan, you've been a she guy forever, but you know, you're a fan of Learns has been, I believe, well-documented. If not, you can see the shrine directly behind, behind <laughs> It's, it's growing. You can add watching behind on YouTube. Myself. You can add some more if you want. Okay, um, I will. More, Maybe I will. More gifts. But I'm glad, but I'm, at the same time, I was kind of like, this is surprising, but I guess they didn't know because if they hadn't heard you before, then it was new. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, of course, man, she kills it. I think the first thing I said when that video was up, um, Which video? Of your two hours in here. Oh, okay. It was on YouTube. Which has been viewed like how many times? Jackson has all yeah, this probably the ten thousand times. The most of That's anyone we've done had in here or any show. Uh, and I wasn't I wasn't kissing your ass when I said this. I said. I'm glad that you all got to realize how talented she is Aww. by being on here for two hours and seeing what kind of a person she is. I know you and I go back with the creepy shit and just having fun, but uh, you you really are talented, and I'm Thanks. proud to be a co-worker of yours. I know. It's oh very God, nice. We're in love with each other. Jackson, are you about to chime in? I noticed you moved the 
Oh, no, I was just adjusting. Oh, okay, because while Learn was telling the story, I think, about the Robert Plant concert, I looked over, and Jackson's hand was over here right near mine, and I don't know what in the world oh, was going on. I was moving the uh, camera. You two haven't been that far apart <laughs> for a was, long time. He was, he was, I felt like he was making a move on me, yeah, and I, I wanted to reciprocate, but I didn't know if you would see and then think that was well, strange. Well, I wouldn't blame him for making a move on you. you got this shirt on with all of your boobs out right. today. What well, do you think of my, my breasts? <laughs> um... I'm confused. Okay, let's let's <laughs> tell, let's, tell, let's walk through this. Okay, I immediately when I saw you, I had two thoughts. I'm like, you, you look, said you look like an you look like you're from Boston. You look like you're from which Boston, which I felt like was anti-Irish slander, and I'll be following a grievance. I'm also so you know. Irish, so, okay, so then we can give work. each other shit. I need to find something else to complain <laughs> about then. Okay. No, um, and it's probably the hat, but I love that hat. Oh, thank you. I do love the hat. Okay. The here is great. What I'm having a problem with Sorry, is that you don't have an stuff. undershirt on. Well, what, what, I mean, what, white, you like me have like a... You need to have either a V-neck undershirt or like a one of those I don't games. wear undershirts. So and why is that's this? That's our core issue. I just never really have. Iggy, you wear undershirts? No, I wear a three-quarter zip. If I was going to wear... What's under this? Nothing. <laughs> well, I... But if I was going to wear a Oxford that was unbuttoned, I would wear There's a There's nothing under this? No. I'd wear a shirt under it. <laughs> that's a little You guys surprising. don't get nipple chafing? I, I wear, I I wear don't a do T-shirt, but not like an undershirt. Like I'm picturing like when I grew up on with the South Side, like uh-huh. the guys out in the front just drinking a Bush beer uh-huh. and like water in the grass. Yeah. That's what I grew up around. A when I think of undershirt. Good. Now Jackson, of course, as you now know, he is trust fund Jackson. Yes. His idea of an undershirt is what? Do you wear undershirts? And no. What are they to you? No, you I don't. Do. I don't wear undershirts. I, but if I was like you know wearing, wear if I was wearing a quarter zip, I would probably put on a t-shirt. Something Why? underneath. Why a t-shirt with this, but not a t-shirt with a short sleeve shirt? I, I got to tell you, down. I agree with Jackson, but I also agree with Iggy. I I would be wearing a t-shirt under that, but I'd call it a t-shirt. Right, and then well, with and then at the same time, it's basically the same fucking but this, thing. Right. Undershirt. This material is so but soft. See, I'm though. picturing the guy it's in like South City in the mid '80s drinking. Well, yeah, like water thin in the grass white shirt with the. It used to be called a term that I think yeah. is a no wife long- beater. Ah! Right. We yeah. just called it grandpa shirt because my grandpa would like cook shrimp with this thing and sweat be pouring off him into the shrimp boil. <laughs> into the shrimp boil with his grandpa <laughs> with his grandpa shirt on. Now, Iggy, if you were to not wear that all the way zipped up, you'd be showing some. You'd be showing cleavage too, showing just like me. It. But I don't, I don't, I don't show, oh, I don't wow. show cleavage. Is this on YouTube? <laughs> I have no hair See, on my face. Where are your chains? That I thought you wore chains. Yeah, it looks okay, but I, I, for some reason, it's like a turtleneck. I want to focus on you right now because yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Let's let's work through <laughs> this shirt that you have on. Pissed about that. I just looking outside now. The song's gone. I feel like Doug takes that with it. I feel like you're you have kind of a essence about you. Clip that off. That it's I so bad. This is a cock. That I. F- well, I'll pretend like she said it about me, and I'll edit it in there. No, you have an essence about you. What is what is my essence? You are a wealthy, successful fucking guy. <laughs> he's like he well, feels like see, he's wearing a dunce cap. What's, the, what's the opposite I'm not of that? Talking about you. I know I'm no, the opposite you're of not that. The opposite. I'm not even unsuccessful old man. Fuck. Okay. No, what I'm saying here is. I'm surprised. I guess I'm surprised. I'm taken aback. By what? That, that, you don't that my have, breasts are out. <laughs> that you have your clavicle showing and you have like, and I, again, this is completely inappropriate, but your chest hair is like non-existent. I'm not a really hairy guy. Then you shouldn't have it unbuttoned. So so that's what we talked about before we started this. And I'm glad we're having a deep dive on it. You like a gentleman with chest hair. Yeah, I'm pro Your chest husband hair. is hairy a hairy guy. man. He is. He's a gorgeous Harry, man. Fucking and you just, like that. I do. I like it. I wonder if we were to do a Gallup poll. Maybe, Jackson, you could tweet this out. Yeah, do it, please. He's from the app. 
Because we have so many female listeners. This would be out of left field. <laughs> you this like a man be... with hair on his chest. No, do, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it on my yes, poll. Yes, might, okay. that might be. Now we're talking. My sourcing poll. Gallop Here, cl- cut what, that off. My it, poll. Cut that off. We will. So, um, so what, do you th- what do you think for like the, the, like the, the ladies in their 20s and 30s? I would think that they don't like that. No, when you see, probably in your hetero male mind, you're thinking hairy man and you're going hairy back, hairy chest, hairy yeah. knuckles. It's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, see, I, I don't really have a lot <clears> I'm talking about Jeff Burton's walking by. I love him so much. Like a shooting gallery? Because I just saw him walk this way. How'd you see him he's, coming? Well, Foresight? I just know when he's around. I just <laughs> wow. I have Burton view. He, t- I just, he texted I me today. So His much. Mr. Skin password isn't working. That's a bummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. I was going to let that breathe and let Learn react and I, deliver. <laughs> I think that um, I think a little bit of chest hair that is well kept is very Sexy on a man. Okay, so you like it on Tim. Is he? Does he? Does he maintain it? Yes. Okay, so it's not just like it's not just it's not it's not. I'm 58 and it's everywhere. So if he did that, would that be a problem? Yeah. Like I mean, I need it. I mean, I well groom myself, so he needs to match me in that, and that should just be the rule. Okay. You know, you take care of yourself. Your partner should take care of themselves. That's reasonable. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So I'm looking at you right now, and I want your wife is smoking hot, and. You know, I've seen you dress up when you and Anne Marie go out, and you look very nice. Well, thank you. That's and normally you look very nice, but but this is a problem and, today. And corporates in town, I'm just, I'm, I wish I had a shirt to give you. That's all. I'm like wanting no, to go to just the undershirt. God, I just wouldn't do that. It's like what I would have worn in college. In will the you mid-90s. just do me a favor and try it? All right, I a will. A white Hanes, just God, normal shirt. Just wear this me. exact shirt with a white shirt underneath it. Okay, I'll do it. Just I will try do it. this. I will do, I'm going to put it in my wife. phone as a reminder. Ask your wife what ask she prefers. Oh, yeah. What Eddie, about what just the t-shirt? This? Eggie's, as you know, obviously a beacon of fashion. Well, during the winter, it's all three-quarter zips. And why is that? I, I just, it's usually cold in here. Mm-hmm. It's cold outside, but it's usually freezing in here. Right. Like Jackson right now, I couldn't wear that right What's now. What's your studio temperature situation? I have we it as a sauna. Cold to hot. It I turn back it up. And forth. Okay. You don't have control but over it? I think we do with this thing right here. I don't know if this is showing up on the YouTube or not. My left breast is, however, as I turn yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's I close it. enough. Yeah. But I just get chilly. You do. So, um, is this with age? Three quarter, three quarter zip. Yeah, maybe. Like, you need a shawl? <laughs> no, I, I sit with my comforter while I'm watching Aww. TV on my couch. You have a, a cup of cocoa. What is it like? What do you wear at home? Oh, boy. That's uh, a bad idea right there. Sweatshirt. Line. Just Fair a sweatshirt. Corduroys, corduroys, maybe. Here's a little anecdote for you, Learn. Iggy, would you make Doug? Was it like scallops or something? Not the stuff that he brought in here. This was back when we were in our AM radio days. And I think Iggy was, or Doug was hesitant to eat it, I believe. Yeah, the first time. And Iggy took a picture of the dish, and it just so happened in the reflection of the actual spoon or plate... You could see Iggy holding up his phone, and he was wearing tidy whities Now, why would you do that? <laughs> Don't you know you have to, like— That story sounds better than that it wasn't that. You were naked, bro? No, no. Somebody was talking on the show about, I bet Iggy's utensils are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> why? And I said, I said, no. I said, I am a very clean person. Uh, so when I got home, I had— I just done dishes and I had one of my serving spoons was nice and clean and shiny. I put it on the table and took a picture and Hell said, yeah. "See, my dishes are clean." See this? And you could see my tidy white. So you wear um, underpants? Well, when I go to work, yeah. <laughs> so what about on a Saturday? What are you doing? Are you lying oh, on? Oh yeah, naked? I mean, I, I I wear underwear. Well, she asked you the question. Now we're getting a different answer. 
I mean, if I was cross-examining well, I thought, you, I'd, I'd buy pounds. <laughs> I was so at you, home. So you I, say you wear underpants. I just got undressed, actually. And I was now is the time to take a picture. <laughs> I was undressed. I was going to the kitchen for something before I got dressed. And I said, oh, great, the spoon I just got out of the dish. I'm going to take it now. And I just happened to take it. And I didn't notice it. A listener said, anybody look into the spoon? I said, oh, at least I look pretty good. But that wasn't my intention. He has a lithe body. But it wasn't. Oh, my God. It wasn't Doug saying but Doug did say, are you cooking like that? So he's leery of eating it. I said, no, I wasn't cooking. What I was does taking it a matter picture. if you were cooking and your underpants are fully clothed? Uh, Doug probably it's not. At least know. it was like, you know what I'm saying? It would be different if you were naked and cooking because then like follicles could go sure, places. shrubs. But well, you had your underpants on. I would prefer my chefs to be fully clothed. Okay. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree so with it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't impact your appetite if you found out the chef was just wearing their tidy whities no, I guess really? not. I wow. guess not. You're if it, a better, well, better wait a person than I. If they're wearing just tidy whites, like you had a shirt on. You no. Had, you're Winnie the no. Pooh in it? No. <laughs> no, just the. I was getting dressed. And then thought and it was I, time to take a picture of the silverware. You were just in your underpants. I took the That's picture correct. first. Your knockers were out. <laughs> they were. Right. Yep. As opposed to the opposite, which would be the Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't I think, think they I guess you could see that. It. I didn't really, I, I didn't notice it. A listener, obviously a listener pointed it out. A listener probably went searching for it. You couldn't tell. But a listener found it. And then now, what happened? No, nothing. I know. I'm not embarrassed about it. No, as no, everybody wears. You know, it's all dudes uh, commenting on. It. <laughs> oh, look at it. It's all dudes commenting on my underwear. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with uh, Iggy, myself, and Learn, our guest in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. These podcasts are made possible by our great sponsors, Ryan Kelly, the sponsor of the studios, the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And people like Design Air, Heating and Cooling, Seth Goldcamp, the official HVAC of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. I am a client, and so I could speak to the quality of Design Air, Heating and Cooling, and why I'm such a very happy client is because if I ever have an issue, it's so quickly taken care of, and I know that it's not just with me, it's with a number of our listeners. They've had that same experience. You go to designairservice.com, you click on the Book Now tab. And now you're working with a service tech, and your problem will be taken care of quick, fast, and in a hurry. And here we are in March, and I see a forecast with temperatures in the teens, and then four days later, I see highs in the 70s. So diversify. If you got a furnace issue, design air, heating, and cooling. If you want to get that air conditioning tuned up as the weather warms up, go to Design Air, Heating, and Cooling online at designairservice.com and work with the great Seth Goldcamp and his service techs. Jackson, you work with Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. What can you tell the audience about him? He's just the best. You know, someone like me, I didn't even really think about, you know, saving for the future, uh, you know, the many different strategies you can employ when, uh, you know, you start making a little bit of money. I didn't even think about any of that stuff. And then I'd hear the Mark Hanna spots on the morning after and Tim's podcast. And I was like, man, maybe, you know, this is kind of preaching right to me. You know, Tim would always say, like, I wish I could tell my old self yes. to go back and, you know, start saving money, work with someone like Mark Hanna. And I thought to myself, well, I'm... I'm that age. Why am I not working with yep. Mark Hanna? I don't want to regret, you know, 10, 15 years later down the road that I didn't work with him. So what I did was I picked up the phone. I called him. That's what I did. And once I started working with him, I realized how crucial and important it was for my future to start saving money now. And that's what Mark Hanna will teach you. He'll educate you. He'll help you out in whatever situation you have because he is the best in the business. And he's a great guy a wonderful human being who gives sage life advice. And that's the kind of guy I want helping me with my financial future. 
So if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a guy, if you don't have someone you work with, please, please give Mark Hanna a call. He'll get you straightened out. And if you already have someone, you should consider making the switch because Mark really is that good. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. That's Mark Hanna. Evergreen Wealth Strategies and Munganas, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson, contact me, and I'm happy to make the introduction for you to them. They are online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. You can email me, tmckernan at tmastl.com, and I'll make that connection, and I'm happy to do so because now you're working with the best, and that's Munganas. I am a Munganas client. Online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com for new cars for pre-owned cars, and even to get your car worked on, even if you didn't get it from Munganess, they'll take care of you. stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Munganess, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show. Back to our conversation with Learn. Learn, are you surprised to hear that, that according to Jackson's YouTube numbers, 18% of the people watching on YouTube are female? 18. That's okay. That's my reaction, too. Isn't that's, that startlingly high? One out of five, I mean, but, like, you guys are not, like, I mean, I know that you're all dudes, and so that's, you know, attractive to, like, dudes, which, let's not even get started. Um, but, no, I mean, I think that you guys cover things that are, I mean, women care about sports. Like, what would you say, like, the majority, like, if you could break down the topics of your show oh, into, God. we talk 90% sports, 10% porn. Yeah, what is your breakdown of, that, yeah. of this oh, it's definitely content? Not. I would say we talk at the most 10% sports. At uh, the most. And then what is the co- content that you're talking mostly about? Fuck, I don't know. Whatever really pops don't. into someone's mind. Right. Yeah. So it's just organic right. flow 100%. of consciousness. Yeah. 100%. Okay. And I wouldn't have it any other way. It's yeah. usually me. Um, I hijack the show every day. So if you ask the, it, listeners, the listeners, are right now, me. learn the listeners are a little in Iggy's head. The fan page, He's. we're trying to... Handle that for him. Have You're having a psychological. You're about to get on there, or are you not? What? I, I got on your Learn Radio, but Jackson won't let you in. No, I I still have. Yeah, it's not in my groups. Like I tried to join, and I don't see. Jackson, that I've why won't you let her in? It doesn't pop up. It, 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 she has a separate page than her personal page. Right. So is it your personal page no. you're trying to join? No. So that's I think it's right. because that's your fan page is yeah. trying to join another private page, and I don't think you can do that. Oh, is that right? Is you that why I combine fan pages? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, <laughs> actually would be I have, too. like, I don't know how many are in my – so I have my Facebook page that has, like, tw- almost 20,000 people. And then I have the Learn Arena, which is my Facebook group, where I it's more like a – flow of consciousness for the listeners. They can post things and I can comment on things that they're like, it's all very catered for my interests and theirs. I just joined that. I didn't even know you had that. Yeah. And Somebody sent me an invite, said join learns arena. And I really? said, Oh, okay. Probably Becky Kohler and Mark, the pharmacist I've become oh God, friends with. Yes. So they might Mark have asked. The farm- you were talking about hijacking a show. Mark Husted hijacks our radio station. I'm not familiar with it. this. What's the uh, backstory? He's a this? listener who we call him Mark the Pharmacist. He has his own sound drop on the Morning Rock show. When he calls in, he Favaz has a screeching halt sound. Like <laughs> He's like, oh, the show's going to come to a screeching halt, and it does. And Mark just takes his time, and he's a character. He's retired. He's a pharmacist, retired pharmacist, and real sweet guy. Not you know, I've, I've dealt with creepy people in the past. I bet. He is not a creepy person. He's very sweet and loving, but he does feel entitled to being a part of Casey. I mean, he 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 knows everything. Like, and he'll ask me. He'll he'll say like um like he like for instance, I had COVID at the beginning of the year. He was messaging me on Twitter like, 
when are you coming? Like, what's going on? And then if you tell him anything, he will then promote it. He will then say, I know when she's coming back or I know what's going on or what her status is. And like, and I'm like, you have to stop talking about the stuff we talk about. So I stopped. I had to stop telling him personal or anything that would happen. He's like a KC TMZ. He's got the gossip. He's got the gossip. Does he? Oh, yeah. Do you find that the vast majority of your listeners are all the people in the Learn Arena, and then you have, what's a separate page? Just Learn Radio. Okay. Are fans, or do you have some people who are haters? Not some. I'm talking about a noticeable percentage, because that is the thing that Iggy (laughs) is kind of making reference to, that we have people really close to it, and some clearly don't like it, but yet are really into it. And it's an odd, it's a thin line, and I'm curious if you experience that. I have people- I'd be surprised if you did, before you answer. That's my guess. Well, it has to be minimal, because I don't put up with, like- there, there's some, and unfortunately, it's a lot of men um, that want to project things onto me, or they have an idea of what I'm supposed to be in their head. It's just like so unreal. It's like, what do they think you're supposed to be? I don't know. Like okay. either I'm supposed, like they think I'm dumb, or they think because I'm a young person that I don't know shit about music or the station. It's like they're gatekeeping. They're gatekeepers, and and I to an extent I can empathize because it's a brand that they're very passionate about and they they grew up with and they have their opinions and memories with and I totally respect that but it's like I fucking got a job here I've been here for since yeah. 28 or 2008 you know I've put in the time the studying the respect the effort yeah you and it's like credibility here that's, that's, that's right it. it's like so that to me I think rubs I think they have a hard time I'm just going to turn it on I think they have a hard time accepting reality that like yeah I'm thir- almost 37 years old and like yeah I work at the station you've loved for 55 years and yeah I hope to be here for like as long as John and like blow his shit out of the water like I'm sorry you know like and, and that's not my problem that's like their problem and um but so I have a little bit of that and then I have people that just don't understand me and and I respect that I'm like you know it's I'm not for everyone I hope I'm not. Like I agree with that. I get what you're saying with right? that. It's like, a weird thing to say, but yeah. you don't want like if I appeared on a certain cable news outlet, it would be bad for me if mm-hmm. they liked me. I don't want them to yeah. like me. You know what I mean? Right. It's you, not for you. If it's you, for certain people and yeah. it's not for you. You can't possibly be uh liked by everybody. But that's weird to me with you being there for what, fourteen years and, and part of KC on air for a decade, mm-hmm. right? That you would still be dealing with that kind of questioning. That's oh my god! Me. It's wow. so funny. God, it's so weird. Literally last night, I'm at band practice and I posted a picture with our drumhead, and I said, uh, I said something like, um, "Joining a band after 35 plus years of always wanting to, highly suggest." And I, you know, the majority, 99 percent of the people are going to go. Oh, I've heard about your band. That's so cool. Like very supportive, or or they'll tell me their story to empathize and. You know, and then there was one guy who said, "I, uh, you know, aren't you leaving? D- didn't I hear that you're leaving Casey? Uh, what are you going off to do? They're getting me mixed up with Lux. Ah. And Lux and I have dealt with this the whole time we've yeah. worked together. And it's so weird. And I actually texted her a screenshot this morning. And I'm like, this shit is still going on. Like, you know, she made that huge announcement last week that she's leaving in May and, you know, is going to go off and do different things. And people are still getting it wrong Confusing that they think it's me. So I I have people that hate, like very minimal people that hate me. I'm not for everyone. That's fine. Then I have people that think that Lux is me. I'm Lux. And they are completely confused and deranged and have no 
idea of what is real. <laughs> and that's weird too. And but like majority, yeah, majority of it is just people that are gracious with their time, that they actually want to waste some time with me, listen to my show, follow me on social media. They understand me as a person as much as I let out for people to understand. I mean, nobody listening to the radio is going to fully understand me. I'm a very complex, layered person as we all are. Um, but what I show people and what I let out, you know, I think most people identify somewhat with it and like... What's well, likable. Like, it can't be not likable. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not over here trying to ruin things. Right. So yeah. that, that just that would surprise me. That the, the, But the, the, the hate you get is actually a credibility hate, which is stunning to me. Like, you have... My standpoint, as much credibility as anybody in there. I mean, Yulet's well, been here from what seventy two, right? Is that when he? Is that Yulet seventy uh, seventy four, seventy six. Is that right? Seventy six, right? He just did forty five, so that would have been last year. So seventy six. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and like you said, by the way, for real, we've talked about it a little bit. But you used to tell me this, and he came in on the podcast. I'm like, I kind of know him, nice guy. Mm-hmm. But God, he's just he's, he's superhuman. Yeah, in his down to earth. He's one of the nicest Humble, guys I've ever met. Humble, kind. He well, really is. And he's, he's fun. Unbelievable. He is so fun, and he's got a side to him that doesn't come out, but if you get to know him really well as a friend or family, like, I mean, John is hilarious. He's deeply um, compassionate about fatherhood. Like, I think mm-hmm. I talked about that in yeah. the podcast. Like, he set the bar for me for what every person who ever has a child should be like. And... um you know, but he's so authentically who he is and he is deserving of all the praise. And uh, I feel like there's nobody else in this business like him. Yeah. Just there's not. You there know? isn't. There really isn't, and actually, in, in a v- wide variety of ways that statement's act. We got to get him. And I've been saying it for a while. There's a couple things I want to do before John retires. One, I'd love to get the Cardinals to do a bust of him at Bush Stadium someday, like when he retires from that, mm-hmm. which he'll probably die in that booth. Two, Joe Edwards needs to put his name on the Star oh, Walk of yeah. Fame, even though he didn't go national. Still, I think the recognition with the PA announcement, I think that's big enough to get him in the Delmar Loop for that. And then third, I want to do a John Hewlett roast. Like, he is not leaving this building until we roast him up and down. And, like, I will gladly host. So, like, to You'll me— you be the roast master. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would love it. But, you know, that, to me, he's, he's an anomaly. He really is. He's the best. I say it all the time on the show. I say you can't swing a dead cat in this place without hitting some kind of legend. I mean, <laughs> well, why does it have to be a dead cat? Oh, that's just a term. Just do dead body. Well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't because you're a cat I woman. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Um, and Clover and what's your other cat's name? Willow. Willow. Yeah, cute things. Thank you. Yeah, they're the best. You can't you can't swing a uh, cardboard cutout around here without nice. love it. Nicely done. It was a nice without hitting a uh, legend around here. That was a nice. Pivot. Well, you guys are added to it. I mean, I think you guys are. I hope you are giving yourself some credit for the clout you're bringing into this place. I appreciate you saying that. That's yeah. very kind of you. I don't I don't think we view it that way. We're just happy to be here. I really do feel like that's that's our attitude. We're happy to just be here, mm-hmm. and we didn't know how good. It was, yeah. You know that, that's the. I don't know. I don't that know makes me sad. Maybe. That's not fair for me to say, but that's that's what I I didn't realize. I heard Hubbard was a great company, and you had told me that. But I, until you live it, you don't know it. And I think in part, I mean, I deal with sales. You deal with sales, but uh, when you have people on air who have their different followings, as you do, as next door here, the Rizzuto Show. I mean, that, that's obviously a powerhouse. Courtney's got a huge following. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
talking about John Hewlett, Randy Carricker, Michelle Smallman, have a you know, Lux, have all these, and I don't want to leave anybody out. I feel like I might leave somebody out. I'm trying to. But then there's no, like, bullshit. Uh-huh. And I think in our business, that at least historically has been rare. I would imagine John, although he wouldn't do it publicly, he might not even do it privately, would tell some stories from the past decades oh. where... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, he's got the best stories. He'll tell you a story. You should have him on sometime because he and, and have him tell these stories. You know, I, I feel like maybe he feels like people don't want to hear about oh, them. People love these but, kinds of stories yeah, in St. Louis. Seriously. Fuck, and I could listen. To, that's why we have a whole event. Like Mark Close created the Stories from the Window event uh, right before the pandemic. We did one at Del Mar Hall and then one at the pageant. I think it was the pageant. Yeah. Was it? Um, it's, it feels like a million years. Come by. No, no, no. It was um, all former jocks and present jocks of Casey telling stories. And we'd have like photos from these stories so you can kind of paint a picture. And um, and John would tell some of the best stories about his 45 years in this business and like unbelievable stuff that they were doing. And and um, and they weren't all great. Like there was a lot of people that were, you know, had a lot of ego problems and and didn't want to. They were really trying to chisel out their own path, which God love them. Like I get it. But at the same time, you have to have a synergy with who you're working with. You're not the full, like, unless you are the Howard Stern, you know, of your company, you're not going to, you have to work together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stories that you would hear, um, like they're, I'll completely botch it, but there's a story about King you man. And there was a former jock that this is back. Um, I think in the MS days, uh, down at Union Station way before my time where John had an office and then he would leave stuff in his office and then he would also leave stuff kind of what he does now with his bongo drums he would leave stuff in the studio and so John's shit is literally all over the station and so I guess this jock was so jealous that John had an office and he was upset that John was also using the studio for storage of things that he wrote an anonymous note like a ransom letter and copied it or typed it out like odd fonts and stuff and put something about like you know I know that it's King you man but if he could get his shit out of the studio that'd be helpful for the rest of us type of thing and John still has the letter like in his briefcase I think and it's such and I'm completely not telling it right but like that story just in itself is so great because John is so loved. He's not king you man, even though he should be. And this person was so bitter and like a total jag that like, you Thank know. Thank you for not using the name, by the way. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just don't want to. I could probably guess. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, to be honest with you, it could be two different people. So I don't even want to name names. Um, but it's, and that person is, has been long gone, you know, and um, I don't even know if they're still on radio or not. Fun stuff. No. Oh, you, I felt like you were leaning in to say something, and I was no. a bad read. I no, usually I have gonna, good pickups on when when somebody's no, jumping in. No, I was going to leave it alone. No, I. Um, speaking of Hubbard, I mean, it took us, and Tim will say this, that we had meetings like every other week when Tim's contract was up, and we were negotiating. You know, what are we going to do? And mm-hmm. Tim would keep us up to date on what was going on. And uh, I think I can say this: that when we were over here like a, a three days. I said, we said, "What the fuck did we wait for?" That's what Doug. That's what Doug said. He yeah. goes, "What were we even?" Yeah, you can edit that know. if I shouldn't have said if I wasn't supposed to say that or anything. Because we didn't know. Right. You know? But now you see it, and it's just a, that's the thing. And I hate, in a way, I hate saying it because I almost feel like I'm I'm tempting fate to, like, fuck with it. You know what I mean? Are you I'm, suspicious? A, a I'm suspicious just, I'm so, person? I'm so PTSD with my career. 
that I live in like, okay, this is a great time, so inevitably something yeah. bad's gonna happen. That's that's you've talked to me about that yes. before. Mm-hmm. And so this is so good and I'm so happy and I've said this and Iggy will get uncomfortable and I've said it because Iggy at this point in his career and Doug at this point in his career that they finally are getting the proper appreciation Aww. for how good they are on the radio, you know. And and Doug's been in the market since eighty seven. And he still does T V, right? Just a little bit, like oh, okay. once a week with this one thing, uh, this rant. And Iggy is this personality that even I don't know what the fuck's real. I have no idea, but I know he's a great guy, and I know that. And so I would always, anytime I go, oh, Iggy, you know, he's been fired. I'm like, he's a great fucking guy. Well, what are you going to do when, you know, like when Doug and Iggy want to retire? Well, or... Me and you are going to work together. Oh, oh, I'll be the next Iggy. <laughs> Hello. I'll start oh, tanning God. more, I mean, and I'll, I'll be blonde you. again. I know that. We keep know keep that. your own personality. <laughs> You you've said this a lot. I have. I think you've so said the this a lot. First time when we were doing a podcast together. Yeah. And I said it. And then you you had this whole thing, which was wonderful, by the way. Right. And now I and you've explained to me the reasoning. Right. Which made sense. But then you also said a few people have told you this, and I don't know if that was real or if you just were playing it off because you didn't want it to come off as disrespectful to no. John. No. Which is the reason, but is like a first class reason and kind of a meta reason to be thinking. That, that I, like, it'd be like wrong for you. Go, yeah, I'd like to work with you while you're working with somebody else. Yeah, I my whole thing was, you know, leaving John on the morning show um, and Favaz and I kind of flipping was to mix things up to, you know, part part of my um, decision with that was I needed to make sure I could do this by myself because I felt a little bit like, you know, I got my big break in 2012 with John. And he's, you know, I was essentially riding his coattails. You know, I was the side person to his main person. And and as our show progressed and we got to kind of even each other out where we were equals, um, just in spirit, nothing else equally, um, I, I started to realize that I had this, I was a great person with someone else. And that scared me because I, you know, as much as I would love to work with John for 40 more years. He, you know, he will retire one day and I needed to kind of get my shit together and I needed to, um, you know, as management and the conversations were starting about like, is there anything else you'd want to do for me? I was like, yeah, I got to make sure like I'm good. And um, that was a, that was a very smart move. Yeah. That's a sophisticated career move. Yeah. Like I wasn't just, I, because a lot of people want, you know, and I might be, I don't think I've ever really talked about this on a recorded thing like this, but, you know, a lot of people are like, why did you guys finish the show? We, we did it for eight years. What year did you leave there? I, um, that, so, that slot. So 2020. Okay. So we, we created the pandemic when John and I stopped working together. <laughs> um, literally, like our last show was January 17th, which so happened to be the same day that we started, January 17th, 2020, right. or 2012. And so, um, and you know, Favaz had been doing Afternoon Drive for a million years, and management came to everybody and was like, what do you guys, you know, could we switch things up? What does everybody want to do? Like, you know, and and Favaz, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, he kind of wanted to do something different too. And I was like, yeah, I, I was always envious of like Afternoon Drive hosts. They got to like stay till the encore and party with the bands. And I was really hoping to have that life. And the fucking pandemic ruined it. Um, but like I, I thought, yeah. And then I, I was like, yeah. It, and it's also for me to make sure I could do this well. And it also, I didn't want to feel like I was on John's time limit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, 
and that's not to, you know he's on his own time limit and he needs to do what he needs to do for his uh, success in life and whatever but I didn't want to uh, I was just looking out for myself which sounds very selfish saying that out no, loud but it's, a, but it's a, I get exactly what you're saying and it's so it's so God there's a word and I just can't think of it but it's a very smart it's a lot of foresight you know yeah and, and I still and, have it going on like I still I mean I'm I'm I just signed um, a year deal with this place a couple weeks ago, and I'm, you know, um, I was actually talking to a musician friend of mine this morning because, again, he saw the comment that I was leaving radio. The person meant it for Lux, and so this guy uh, reached out to me, and he's like, "Are you leaving Casey?" And I'm like, "No." I'm like, "People are getting us mixed up," and and I said, "I am, you know, I have a year contract. I, I can't tell you what is going to happen after that year," and I, I genuinely mean that. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I am thinking like years down the road, like if I could have what I wanted to have in my life, I would love to um, be able to do something like this with the music element still there because it is so important. And I don't know um, if if that exists. I don't know if that type of uh, experience exists for Keishi again right, because it I is so it. music yeah, focused. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And... <clears throat> um, and I have such a love for learning about the music and um, and telling stories and, and obviously going to see music and, you know, picking up Monday Night Metal again, like and going back to something that I had put on a shelf for so long. Like I was a metalhead in high school and college. And I, you know, I put that away when I started working full time on Keishi and backlogging all the way to 67 to learn about the classics. And I, and I, I always talk about how I had a front row seat for John's. TED talks about all, and I mean, uh, and when the and we were only on like you know two minutes right, at a time, right. when the mics were off, that was the best shit ever because he we was were telling those stories. What's that? He was telling those stories. Then? He was telling me stories, history of bands, telling me how where his passion of music comes from. We were talking intimately about personal stuff, financial stuff. Like he helped me get my finances and completely really? well off. Yes, oh, God he bless saved him. my life in a million ways, and you know, and so those eight years of. Of having that show, I mean, the real the real tragedy there is that we never got to be who we were completely on air because there wasn't enough time. Program directors only want you to talk for two minutes at a time or whatever. And like, I mean, if people thought they loved what they heard on air, man, yeah. the stuff off air was fucking gold. Yeah, I bet that was that is is gone, it, and it, it only lives in John and me, yeah. and it, and it is still happening. Um, when John and I we text and call and get together sometimes you know um when we're together like we have a meeting tomorrow i can't wait to see him and it's like i it picks up it's still there that that magic and stuff and like you know i miss it a lot and we've talked a lot about that but i don't know man i probably said way too much shit no it's great it's good now <laughs> i've been very honest about no that's that's the name of, of the game in here well when, yeah. Ig- when iggy's around people are honest that's, that's kind of he's a truth serum you are no, oh, because I lie so much. People. <laughs> right. You're full right. of he knows lies. how to pick it up. He's like the CIA. Well, you guys can always do a podcast, you and you, man. It doesn't We've have to be a weekly it. thing, but I mean. Yeah. You know. So he and Favaz have their podcast, and um, I actually had an idea. I, I uh, texted John a couple of weeks ago, and I said, because I was listening to, if you guys listen to Missing Richard Simmons, that podcast, it's a few I've years old. I've heard about it. I'm familiar with it, though, yeah. So, um the guy who created that Richard Simmons podcast, he it's so well produced, and I'm really envious of how it sounds like produced and how he flows. And it's obviously he's reading a script to really keep sure. it tight. Um, but I was telling John, I said, "What if 
we did a podcast where I'll I'll ha- I'll do everything like I'll narrate it, but you're telling stories and yeah, we're bringing people yeah. in, and it's the history of Keishi in a podcast because I feel like we need to have um, these stories on record, and it doesn't have to be video; it needs to be audio yeah. because that's what radio is. You know, all the video and stuff that we've integrated into radio is just to keep up with the Joneses. What is the beauty of radio at its core is the fact that it's storytelling audibly. It's not something that you're getting distracted with visually mm. and um, and you don't have to overproduce it and stuff. And like, I, I just think that it could be something real grassroots and neat to do. And it, it would be a passion project for me to um, make sure that we have in episode format, in season format, the history of this radio station told from the people that we can get to sit down and tell those stories and and talk about it because one day all these people are going to be gone yeah, and, and the stories go and the stories yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think it's a, a great thing to uh, do in tribute to the radio station. So it forever lives on. And also to these legends that, that made it what it is because at the very core of radio stations like Casey, it is the people, it's the people that made the music and it's the people that cultivated that music to define generations for the masses. And you all have stories. Oh yeah. So what Ridiculous you guys can add to these things would right. be amazing. And I'm genuinely cur- I'm genuinely curious yeah. and like I I would be the first person in the audience wanting to hear these stories. So it's like you know, and I I think that's where people whenever I was talking about the gatekeepers that don't like me, I don't think they believe my um integrity that I have with like maintaining the brand and maintaining what it means to so many and really sending people yeah. off with it. Well, you they don't are. know you very well. That's why. yeah, they fucking yeah. don't know me. If you don't. I mean, you care about Keishi. <laughs> I do. Like in a way that you know, as, for, as candidly, is foreign to us because we've bounced around from so many AM radio stations. It's just like we care about TMA. Yeah, and you should like you. That's but you care about Keishi. I do. Like, you really do. Yeah. I don't know if anybody in this building cares more about a <laughs> station than you for real. I mean, and it's really we've talked plenty off air about it. Yeah, it's really scary because um and all of our bosses know I don't know if um, our owner knows that, but like all of the management here at Hubbard St. Louis knows it and um you know you know my lawyer, people that give me career direction advice, they're like you got to stop telling people how much you love this shit. And I'm like, dude, it's all, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm talking about right now. Like, you know, I'm, and it's, so it's, for, it's out there. And, and, and honestly, I, um, sadly, I, I don't know if, I don't know how I would make another station work, to be honest, unless it was another heritage station that I could just deep dive into and just be a, a curator of that station. Like, you know, all the K Rock, K Rock, Riff up in Detroit, like WMMR, WMMS, like those heritage stations, I could give a shit about them a lot too. In fact, K-Rock was the first station out in LA I was obsessed with in college, went out there, got like literally flew out to LA for the first time. I was 21 years old, 22 years old, just to sit out there, just to get in oh, the is building. Oh, that right? Really? Sat in with Kat Corbett, who I love. She works at Sirius XM now and uh, and she also has a new thing coming up with On Amp, which is Amazon's new radio platform that anybody can create a radio station, which oh, is wow. really weird. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to go out there. It was like a dream come true. And I, I followed Kevin Weatherly, who was the program director for K Rock for a long time. He's now at Spotify. I just love the the tastemakers and the um, the people that really made things happen. And I'm, I'm just so like enamored with all of it. And so that's my storytelling is I, 
look at others that came before me or that are doing it now. And I just I focus in and I, I want to promote and, and make sure that their legacy is withheld. Like that really is like, I think, my part in all of this as a communicator. That's selfless, which wow. is admirable as well. Well, thanks. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> That's not like necessarily it. proud or happy about it, but it is. I, I just you love really it. do love KC95. I legit. do. I really and I don't and I'm very protective of it. And that's both terrible and fascinating at the same time, I guess. I don't know. Iggy, uh, you, you you know, initially, a little backstory here, fun for the audience. Iggy was just going to st- I asked Iggy to come in. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'll just stay in for a few minutes. I said, no, we'll do a half hour, whatever the hell it is we want, because Iggy usually is, is home by now. And then Learn said, no, stay the whole time. I did. So that's well, I'll do whatever Learn. And whatever you ask me, too. You know that. Oh, um, just do whatever I want I you just, to do. Yeah, I, think, I just I don't. Think, I, I think just, you would win out if it were between the two of us. I just know that the, the listeners. I mean, they hear me every fucking day for three hours. And that's probably two hours and a half too much. Mm. Well, um, I mean, I'm, I'm so this I'm, is your I'm podcast, and they would love learn. So it would be an hour and a half with learn, and then if I start talking, it's like ah, shut them up. No. So I just don't want to ruin your podcast. No, 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 no. We both wanted you in here, and I wanted the audience to hear that this wasn't forced upon learn that you wanted yeah i wanted him in here i appreciate that yeah it's thanks wonderful. for having me on this is uh you got like a five timers club like the riz show are you five time now no no no. this will be our was, third time no Hewlett was in once with you right i was solo the first time second time was with john third time has there been a third without this might I be the third or fourth you were at the tma i was at the tma thing and then you were in studio for our show and now this one so technically part of our stuff You're for part five of the family. i'm part of the family whether it's i like it or not bullshitting with you yeah the no, audience loves you you feel like the audience might be too much i'm like it's not too much i'm just not used to that i'm just not like i but I, you but it's not though <clears> yeah not, there's not too much you you have ridiculous equity with our audience well that's ridiculous cool. we can I, love it. The building. I don't know if you realize how well liked and respected you are and i almost kind of just want to go don't you get it <laughs> don't yeah. you wake up yeah, yeah. no i don't <laughs> like thinking about that because if you start letting that shit go to your head, yeah, you change. But, I mean, and... but, but I'm saying it not not from a like ego boost thing, but from like a confidence, I suppose, level. Like you're I, sick talent. I love it here. I have no enemies in this building. I really don't. And people that I have had problems with, we let's talk it out. You know, I've had to have some. Who have you had problems with? Let's let's go through no, the names no, no. and go through it right here. No, Jackson, no, no. Jackson just texted me. He wants you to go through. The I names. I don't uh, I don't I don't deal with. If somebody, if I've wronged somebody, they feel not good. I I want to. I fix can't even it. imagine that happening. It's, I mean, I, it's human. I've made people feel like shit before, and it's. I uh, I don't like that. I don't like making people yeah, feel like no, shit. And it doesn't seem like it's never my first intention. If I now I have an anger management problem that you guys have not really? seen. Really. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees it because I've got it under control these days. You talking about like Iggy with driving? Or are we talking about? What, you're a bad driver? Road rage? Not necessarily road rage, but just kind of get, get frustrated with the stoplight where we have well, to make Well, yeah, I just, I run them. I don't yell at them, I just run them. <laughs> so you're, okay. I don't yell at the stop sign. I said, look, it's long enough, nobody's coming, I'm going. <laughs> um... No, we've Rebel. never seen that side of you. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I can't even. I can't even imagine. Yeah, actually, so what gets on you like, going? Well, what gets you mad? People that are ignorant get me going, and uh, disrespect gets me going, and people that want to um, think that they can just push me down but who on their thumb. Does it? Just a handful of jackasses on social media? No, no, no. I mean, just people. It's just every. It's just working with people, you know. Yeah. And we all have bad days, and so like I always, and I have like I'm gonna tell you this right now. On yeah, Monday, on? was it Monday or yesterday? 
You were in here? It was Monday. Yesterday. It Our wasn't yesterday. Okay. I was having a real bad morning. I had woke up, wrong side of the bed. Um, just certain things were happening in my email, in my phone. I was just, uh, I, had real ch- I had to check myself because I I could feel my my um, irritation. Like, it, it just, and I get this from my dad. My dad had an anger management problem. Like, I just, as much as I'm a positive, happy, bubbly, funny shit person that I am, there's another side to that oh, that is just side. as intense and really? it's not fun. And yeah, and I, I've had to go, like, I've had to have therapy because of it because. Um, what triggers it? I, I'm trying to, like, give you an example, but I. Um, well, just like in general, is it work stuff? Is it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, no, is it's it just, it's like building up on. It's like, um, if I, and it's me, it's, it's, I'm at the forefront of all of it. Like, if I. It's it's something it's like my self esteem, my uh, limitations, my impatience. It's it's me. I mean, it's my problem. So it's like something can happen, and depending on where I'm at within my emotional spectrum, it can trigger it. And it, if I don't handle it well, it can be it can be bad. Can compound. I follow you. All right. Okay. So I again. I try to keep it under control yeah, well, and not do. turn into I mean, a werewolf. Yeah. Well, you do a good job of it. Yeah. I, Thanks. I mean, I've never I'm seen it. unaware. Not that I'm yeah. around you all the time. I barely see you. I've yet to see you in this place. Since I know. Yesterday. <laughs> oh, when you leave at 1001, it's kind of hard to see. Well, maybe you should stick around. Yeah, when I have meetings. <laughs> you stuck around till 1236 today, Iggy, and we're all the better for it. Lauren, we go thank longer. You so thank much. you. Lauren actually me. does show prep for her show. I do. I have so. to go yeah, prep my she's show. She's going to go prep the show. That's something Before, we haven't I, done I ever. I walked in at 7.02 today for our little <laughs> God presentation. God bless. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Lauren, loved it as always. Thanks, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Iggy. Bye, Internet. There it is. Our conversation with Lauren here in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. All right, Jackson. Mm-hmm. You were there for the whole thing. Yeah. You participated here and there. You knocked shit over rudely in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, my headphones fell. What's your what is what is your biggest takeaway from the conversation? A lady you didn't know a year ago, and now you do. Yeah. Um, what I would say is, I think that she pointed out right. She's like, you know, I, I like the, you know, giving shit to people and taking shit. I think that's like really good way to be yourself. And I think that, you know, she's so good and talented. And so when she does that, it's just so awesome to see. And some of the great stories about John Hewlett, who, you know, my mom would always talk about how awesome and cool John Hewlett was. And I really didn't understand it because growing up my age, you know, radio, especially music radio, is kind of foreign to people like me. Uh, And so to hear these great stories about Hewlett and just Casey as as a whole, and to hear Iggy, who's such a big fan of it, you know, it kind of is like the proof is in the pudding. Like, there's a reason it's so successful. And it's because of talented people like Lauren. So that was really awesome. Yeah, I have a great deal of respect for her, her talent. I just like her as a person, mm-hmm. she's a good person. And anytime we get together, and we're not sure if she's been on three or four times, but either way, uh, multiple times, uh, that uh, I just look forward to bullshitting with her. And it was great to have Iggy in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Talking it over. So I hope the audience enjoyed it. And I think uh, our audience, the TMA audience, this podcast audience, is getting a sense for just how talented, just how, like, cool of a person she is for lack of a better term i probably could come up with a better word than that but that's what came to mind what word am i looking for give me the word let's play password mm. and somehow because i'm sitting behind your computer Ooh. monitor and i'm four two <laughs> you can't see me dynamic wow god that was good yeah, yeah. that was the word yep she's dynamic that's the word yep oh well yep. done that, yeah, i might i might redo this and 
and then edit it <laughs> so, so I you... say dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that's a pro move. It would be a pro move. It's, it's, a, leader. it's a real Again, dynamo a leadership. move. Ah, dynamo. Yeah. Two for two. Uh, thank you uh, to learn. Thank you to Iggy for uh, yeah. rare back-to-back days of staying here and uh, hanging out and uh, enjoyed the conversation. Of course, Action Jackson on the ones and twos. And thank you to all of our sponsors for making it possible and our listeners for subscribing and supporting the sponsors, thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson at Munganess St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the TMA STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.